The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After three straight losses, each one worse than the one before it, the Bears return home to Soldier Field looking to win favor with the home crowd against division rival Minnesota. Did the Bears take back control of their season, or did the Vikings just deepen the hole? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 11 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Well, we had history on our side going into this football game as the Bears and Vikings uh, series for the last several years anyway, I'd say for the better part of a decade, if not more, has been a home-and-home series with the home team always seemingly coming away with the victory. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 11 review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and, you know, it happened. Uh, the Bears actually broke the streak, ended the three-game losing streak after dropping the home game against Minnesota, then going on the road for back-to-back losses against New England and Green Bay. And as I said in the opening, each loss worse than the one before it. I mean, it was just, you know, you thought the Minnesota game was bad. Then we come back and we back that up with New England. It's like, all right, well. That's got to be rock bottom. We got two weeks to get this straightened out going into the bye. We come out against Green Bay and somehow managed to play worse than we did against the Patriots, against Green Bay on national television. And it's just, it's like, well, you know, how, when does, how does it stop? And what would have been rock bottom or, you know, what would have been worse than losing to Green Bay on national television? What would have been worse losing to a, um, what's supposed to be an inferior football team at home again. You know what I mean? Just losing at home the way we did, uh, being winless in four attempts to win a football game in our own stadium uh, and such, that would have been worse. So uh, thankfully, I think we did hit rock bottom and you know, there's nowhere to go uh, but up. And our first step in elevating our season uh, was completed on Sunday with the 21-13 victory over the Minnesota Vikings that I still have some concerns, as I'm sure many of you do as well, uh, despite the victory and despite what what the statistics uh, show uh, on Sunday or after Sunday, I I should say, after Minnesota's trip to Soldier Field uh, with the way that we played on offense and especially on defense after back-to-back 50-point efforts uh, from our defense, Thirteen points, which ties the lowest output uh, of the season. The last time we allowed thirteen points, we beat the Atlanta Falcons. Which, for those of you keeping score at home, was the last time we won a football game five weeks ago, uh, week number six uh, against the Falcons. So, uh, you know, tends to be a bit of a pattern 
there. But one pattern that we did break, you'll hear me talk about it during the uh, knee-jerk reaction, so I'll I'll save that uh, for then. So lots to talk about with this football game, so let's go ahead and dive right in with the review of the Bears and the Vikings on Sunday at Soldier Field. You know, it looked like a really great atmosphere to uh, to be at Soldier Field. I mean, you'd have to basically forget everything that's happened over the last ten weeks, but it was it was a cold, snowy, gray Sunday afternoon uh, in Chicago. Uh, you know, uh, that that snow, that that windy, flaky snow. You know, that, not those big chunks where you see accumulation or anything, but that kind that is just you're always going to see it in in the screen while you're watching. Uh, the game, and I'm sure it was bitterly cold as it was here, uh, three three hours west here in the Quad Cities, just across the river, um, the Mississippi River. I'm talking about, of course, and uh, you know it was. Uh, I think it was in the low low twenties, maybe in the maybe in the thirties, if we're lucky, uh, out here. And I believe you know back home uh, in Chicago, wind chill factor and all that and us um, all that craziness made it uh, just that much more fun. Uh, in Soldier Field itself but uh, whether or not really a fact these are both cold weather football teams so no strangers to the elements uh, uh, in this regard so um, well I don't know about Minnesota they're a cold weather football team now because they're waiting for that uh, state-of-the-art facility to be built out there but um, you know they they, they, they come to Soldier Field and um, they're on a two-game winning streak the Bears on a three-game losing streak and like I said a couple of times already each loss worse than the one uh before it's with nowhere to go up but you know nowhere to go but up uh for them you know still facing an interesting uh challenge with the uh the vikings uh you know as we talked about in the preview episode statistics would would show that uh with the 29th ranked passing game but the 10th ranked rushing game that if the bears were able to manage slowing down the rushing attack of the Vikings that we'd seemingly have the uh, the Vikings in control and would be able to dictate pace in the football game. And I'll be damned if that's not exactly what happened uh, in this game. Uh, the Vikings running game was virtually non-existent uh, on Sunday. I mean, here are the statistics, and they're beautiful uh, for Bear fans, of course. Uh, only 10 first downs given up by the team uh, in 10 drives. So basically they averaged one first down per drive, whereas the Bears had 24 uh, first downs in the football game. Only one, uh, excuse me, two of those first downs for the Vikings came via running the football. They had to pass their way for their for the first downs. Um, the leading rusher in the football game was the uh, personal protector on the punt team on the fake punt that Minnesota had in the first quarter, a, a run of 48 yards. Uh, uh, McKinnon, their, their, their top running back, only carried the football eight times for 38 yards in the football game, which I found to be strange. Um, overall, the Vikings only ran the ball 16 times, um, which I find to be staggering. Uh, considering that the Vikings were basically 
never out of the football game, so never really seemingly needed a reason not to be running uh, the ball, to, to not to be focused on their game plan because it wasn't until one minute to go in the fourth quarter that the game was was out of Minnesota's hands uh, with the Ryan Mundy interception uh, in the end zone. It just uh, you know the Vikings were in it right up until the very end, and I'll talk about that uh, a little bit uh, later on. But their 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 top rusher only carried the ball eight times for thirty eight yards. Now that's a decent average of four point eight yards uh, per carry, but it was just something that the Vikings did not stick with. Uh, Bridgewater throwing the ball was eighteen of twenty eight for 158 uh, touchdown and that interception uh, at the end. The Bears managed to sack Bridgewater twice in the football game, once from Willie Young, once from Jared Allen, who did his you know patented uh, lasso uh, sack dance. Uh, of Willie Young was my favorite. Uh, he did a, a, uh, a, a uh, custom sack dance for the Minnesota Vikings as his, his fishing sack dance was an ice fishing sack dance, which was pretty cool. Uh, against the Vikings so uh, but the major reason one of the contributing reasons that the Vikings uh, only ran the ball only ran the ball 16 times or uh, and so on would be the the major factor would be time of possession Uh, the Bears with nearly 39 minutes time of possession uh, which left the Vikings with only 21 uh, minutes uh, of time of possession I think that uh I think that going into the fourth quarter, the Vikings only had about 15 minutes time of possession. They, they, they you know, put together some longer drives in the fourth quarter, some fruitless drives, uh, quite frankly, but uh, drives that nonetheless ate up more clock in that fourth quarter than uh, than in the uh, in the first three quarters uh, combined, almost. So uh, it was kind of uh, kind of crazy when the Bears got their hands on the football. Uh, they held on to it. So 24 first downs for the Bears, 10 for 17. There's your there's your time of possession right there. 10 of 17 on third down, which means more times than not, they uh, were able to uh, to convert uh, on third down. The Vikings, on the other hand, 2 of 11. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of your tail of the tape right there. You only have 21 minutes time of possession when you can only convert first down on, on 2 out of 11 tries uh, for the uh, for the Vikings. The Bears 10 for 17 and two for three on fourth down. So, you know, whenever the Bear, there's the Bears had a chance to extend the drive, they did. Same thing with 74 plays run by the Bears as opposed to only 46 for the Vikings. So basically the defense was as fresh as it could possibly be, uh, having been out on the field almost half as much uh, as the uh, as the uh, v- uh, the Vikings were. So uh 330 yards passing for Cutler 138 yards rushing um you know for the offense yeah i mean that that pretty much sums it up right there we still managed to win in penalties again seven penalties for 60 yards only two for the vikings but um you know so let's go ahead and dive right in so we we have the uh first quarter knee jerk reaction and it wasn't an optimistic one just you know, having actually to do greatly with the uh, with what the score was after the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction to the first quarter: the Bears and the Vikings, and um, well, the scoreless streak in the first half continues. The Bears are down ten nothing after one quarter to the Vikings. A uh, 
a missed Robbie Gold field goal on their first drive where they were what I like to refer to as, whichever sounds worse, incompetently competent or competently incompetent. One of those two uh, would be the term that I'd go with. They'd, they'd look good on one play and then, you know, false start on the next play, illegal formation here. Uh, Jay Cutler bounces off somebody's head, that kind of thing. So uh, either way, the drive ended incompetently with a missed field goal. Uh, Minnesota turns right around and the Bears go three and out, uh, you know, as far as the defense holds. But personal protector gets a fake punt, runs it for about 40 yards, gets it inside the five. One play later, uh, Teddy Bridgewater to Keith Ellison for the touchdown. And it's uh, 10-0 Minnesota. But the ensuing drive, the Bears have the football. Look like they're moving it down the field as we end the first quarter down 10-0. And we'll see what happens in the second quarter. But so far, I am uh, not impressed. I still can't remember or figure out, I should say, which sounds worse. Is it competently incompetent or incompetently competent? That sounds worse. But that, I think, is a, is a, a valid description of what the Bears look like in the first quarter. Um, you know, the Vikings were able to, to, to have their like their one sustained drive of the football game and, uh, you know, put their field goal on the board with their first drive uh, of the game. And then the Bears come right back and, and look like they were answering uh, the Vikings moving the football down the field. But like I said, two steps forward, uh, one step back that, you know, they'd have a nice play. Then they'd have, uh, you know, an illegal formation. They, they, you know, make some moves with there. Uh, then they got a false start. Uh, you know, they, they actually should have lost the football uh, at one point during the drive. Uh, Jay Cutler had his arm hit um, as he was trying to, as he was um, pulling the ball back to, throw it the ball was knocked out of his hands and fell to the ground um the but the referees blew the whistle before there was a, a clear recovery of the football if they had just let the ball sit out there and you know kind of like in the uh, bears uh, packers mode back week 17 where everyone just kind of stood around waiting for somebody to do something uh it would have been viking football so i mean it it was reviewed by minnesota but because nobody really recovered the football until you know whistles and everything had been blown there was no clear recovery therefore the bears uh retained possession it was ruled a fumble but you know basically the referees interfered before someone could recover the football the bears got away with it but karma paid us back because robbie gold missed the uh field goal to tie it up there uh in the first quarter and then of course the uh the personal protector with some of the worst tackling that I've ever seen. I mean, the guy just kept running like there was nobody there. Finally gets tackled inside the five-yard line, and it was Rhett Ellison, not Keith Ellison, that scored the the, the, the touchdown on the ensuing play to make it 10 nothing. So uh, as decent as the Bears looked on offense, moving the football as they did as the first quarter came to a close, you know, you just kind of felt like, is today going to be another one of those days where we should be winning and, and yet things keep happening to prevent us from, from doing so because the Vikings weren't stopping us, and we were having more success on defense stopping the Vikings than they were, uh, you know, than, than we were uh, with the Vikings moving the football. So, you know, what's uh, something had to give here, and it finally gave in the second quarter. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Vikings after two quarters, and there's, there's good news and there's bad news. 
The good news is the Bears scored 14 points in the second quarter and lead at halftime 14-10, to 10, and we start with the football in the second quarter. The offense has looked pretty good. Defense, not too bad. Jared Allen is actually having a pretty decent game against Matt Khalil today. Just got a sack on Teddy Bridgewater. I think it may, have been, may be his second sack of the day, or at least it was his second sack celebration that I saw. Anyway, I saw him do the lasso thing once in the first quarter, and then just a moment ago here in the second quarter with the sack. Uh, the bad news is the Bears ended the half with Jay Cutler throwing an interception. And if we've learned anything this year, it's that whenever the Bears turn over the football, they lose the football game. So if we lose the game, that would be why, because all of a sudden that turnover triggered our, our loss mechanism, and we're just going to kick it into high gear uh, in the second half. So, But the way that we've been playing, quite frankly, says the opposite. Um, it's The Bears are in control of this football game. Uh, they've looked good with the two touchdown passes from Jay Cutler, uh, one to Alshon Jeffrey, one on a bomb to uh, Brandon Marshall. Both caught in traffic, and both of our guys came down with the ball on those throws. Aside from the interception, Jay's actually looked pretty good today. So we'll see if we can hold it together in the second half as the Bears lead it 14-10. to 10. And there you have it. After the second quarter, we're up 14-10. to 10. We, we, We've taken control of the football game, as I said. We were getting after Bridgewater. Jared Allen had his sack uh, out there. Um, you know, don't know what that first sack celebration was in the first quarter because it wasn't a sack apparently, but uh, he did it anyway. Uh, then got a legitimate sack in the second quarter, and he actually looked really good in this game. I guess he was using the, uh, you know, those extra miles he put on uh, going up against Khalil every day in practice for a couple of years to uh, to get the better of him. Because if if you had to go tail of the tape, uh, you know, Jared Allen had a much better day against Matt Khalil than Khalil did against him. So. Uh, you know, the two touchdown drives, the, the first one being a continuation of the one that ended the first quarter, ended with a 27-yard touchdown pass to uh, Alshon Jeffrey. It was kind of a jump ball in, in the end zone there. And, of course, our, our taller, lankier receivers that, you know, made their names in 2013, if you will, uh, doing those things. Alshon came down with it. Uh, Alshon having a, uh, having a pretty decent day uh, catching the football uh, on Sunday you know, more of a, a signature day uh, for him, uh, like the ones that we saw in 2013 over and over again with uh, 11 catches, 135 yards, and that touchdown. Brandon Marshall also with the touchdown, a, a, a deep ball touchdown, a 44-yard a uh, catch uh, for, uh, for Brandon Marshall later in the second quarter to make it 14-10. to 10. Uh, You know, the, the Bears started taking shots, uh, downfield and taking advantage of uh, of the Vikings not being able to match up physically with our receivers, something that I guess, you know, the Bears just haven't done enough uh, this year as far as, uh, you know, those jump balls and such. We're, we're trying to, to hit the bigger plays uh, downfield when God love Alshon Jeffrey and Marshall for all their abilities. They're not speedsters. They're not going to beat anybody deep downfield or at least it's not going to happen as often as the bears have been trying uh in recent weeks but you know overall it was an outstanding quarter uh for the bears but then again like i said the the, the concern being that um we have been unable to procure a victory this year when we have turned over the football and jay cutler threw an interception uh just before the the first half gun went off and um 
you know, that did trigger some concerns uh, of mine. But, uh, you know, like I said in the knee-jerk reaction, nothing the Bears are doing is saying that we're going to lose the game. But, you know, we haven't won a game yet this year when we've turned over the football. So uh, that is where the worries uh, came in. But in the third quarter, it was a scoreless quarter, and that was discouraging to me. And I'll talk about my concerns about that right after this knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Vikings, and frankly, this game should already be over. Uh, the Vikings are not really able to move the ball at all on the Bear defense today, and the opening drive of the second half had the Bears fourth and goal inside the one-yard line, and what does Stressman do? Instead of taking the points to go up a touchdown against an offense that can't score on him today, he decides to to go for it on fourth down and what play does he call a quarterback sweep not a quarterback draw or you know a quarterback sneak down the middle or anything a quarterback sweep they they snap it to Jay Cutler who tucks it into his arm and runs to the left but of course the defense was faster than him and the Bears got stuffed there's 14 to 10 and the Bears are actually moving the ball fairly well on offense but Another interception from Jay Cutler. This one was actually a bad throw uh, on Jay's part. Almost gets run back for a touchdown, but the Bear defense holds, and Blair Walsh can't kick a 30-yard field goal, but he can kick a 50-yard field goal like he did in the first quarter. So it's still 14-10. to The Bears are moving the ball once again. They're in Viking territory. Hopefully they'll get it into the end zone or put some more points on the board and put this thing away. But with 15 minutes to go, the Bears are playing way better than Minnesota. They can't quite seem to put them away. <laughs> And that was my concern, was that in the fourth quarter, uh, I mean, even if you were to just look at the statistics after three quarters, the Bears were clearly dominating the football game. They had just shown that graphic that had shown that, you know, in the first 45 minutes, the Bears have 30 minutes time of possession. The, Bear, the Vikings barely have 15, uh, you know, minutes time of possession. The, the Bears should have been winning by 10 points or more. Uh, at that point, if you count the missing you know, field goal at the beginning of the game uh, from Robbie Gold, that blown opportunity there at the goal line, because uh, 21 to 10, the game is over. It is absolutely over uh, if they score. I mean, even if they had just taken the points and made it 17 to 10 with the way that the Bears are playing on defense, the way that they were controlling Minnesota's offense. Uh, Minnesota had had relegated themselves to throwing the football, even though they were only down one score. I mean, one score basically, uh, you know, they're either down by one or they're ahead by three if they score a touchdown uh, on us. They they were never out of the football game, but the Vikings were were passing the football like they were down by by two three touchdowns uh, in the game. It was a head scratching. Uh, thing that was kind of taking place I couldn't quite figure out why the Vikings were playing it the way that they were uh, the Bears weren't so dominant on, with you know defending the run that uh, you know that they were suffocating the, the the running backs or or anything like that I mean like I said they, the Bears were playing well they were clearly dominating uh, the game but not so much to the point that you would think that the Vikings would abandon their what you would think their game plan would be and uh, you know, try to put the ball in, 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 put the game and the football in Teddy Bridgewater's hands to, uh, to try to get them uh, a victory. It's, it was a very curious uh, strategy that the Vikings had there. And, you know, like I said, the, if the Bears would have been able to score great, you know, Tresman would have looked like a genius. I thought even before they snapped the ball, you take the points, 
because of the way that the Bears' defense is playing, the way that the Vikings can't take control of the, the football when they have it on offense. That you, you take the points there, as disappointed as the crowd would have been, the points would have made it so much easier. And then, you know, in the fourth quarter when we did score, as you hear me talk about in a minute, now it's a two-score game. They have to score two touchdowns to catch us as opposed to when the Bears scored to go up 21-10 to 10 and the Vikings, you know, move it down the field and such. You know, it's, it's a bigger lead that the Vikings have to, you know, have to overcome. Uh, but instead, you know, you still had the nail-biting moments right up until the last second in the fourth quarter. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter of the Bears and the Vikings, and the streak is over. We are done. We've lost. Uh, we had lost three games in a row. Now we break that streak with a victory over the Minnesota Vikings. We went at 21 to 13, and uh, quite frankly, it was a little too exciting there at the end for my taste. Uh, that. Uh, that that goal line stand that the Vikings had basically would have ended up being our undoing had the Vikings scored on this last drive. But Ryan Mundy picks off Teddy Bridgewater in the end zone, ending their comeback drive. Um, the Bears added one touchdown late to another Brandon Marshall touchdown, his second of the game. The offense actually, aside from not being able to close the deal a couple of times, was outstanding today. Jake Cutler over 330 yards passing, three touchdowns. Did have the two picks, though, which uh, I predicted in the uh, in the second quarter, that would be our undoing just because it had been every other time we had a turnover in a football game. But we finally figured out how to win a game even after we make a mistake and turn it over on offense. We only allow 13 points, which is a an enormous change from the uh, you know 150 points we allowed in the last three games. So that was nice to see. We get a victory over the Vikings. We move to 4-6 and six and host the, uh, looks like Lovey and the Buccaneers are going to win, so we'll host the 2-8 and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers next Sunday at Soldier Field and see if we can make it two in a row. And quite frankly, the Buccaneers, uh, they scare me uh, right now uh, with the way that they're, the way that they beat the, 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 especially with the way they beat the Redskins. Mike Evans, their top pick this year, uh, number one uh, draft choice, the wide receiver out of Texas A&M, uh, you know, being able to beat the them with the passing game which is where the Bears are weak this year. I mean, where it was last year, we were fairly solid against the pass but couldn't stop the run to save our lives. This year, we're fairly stout against the run but can't stop the pass. Uh, you know, this year, I'm, I'm concerned about what they might be able to do against us next week. We'll talk more about that in the preview episode uh, later on this week. But, um, you know, also the fact that the, the, the Buccaneers at 2-8 and eight still have a division title to play for because first place in the NFC South is four and six. Atlanta went from being in third place to first place by beating the Panthers uh, on Sunday because the Saints lost to, to, to Cincinnati. The top three teams, well, actually, of Atlanta and Carol, uh, and New Orleans are both four and six. Atlanta holds a tiebreaker because they beat New Orleans week one uh, this year. Carolina's three, seven, and one, and the buccaneers aren't out of it they're only two games back with six games to play at two and eight can you believe that unbelievable so that they do have something to play for despite their sorry record uh at two and eight uh and not to mention the whole let's win it for lovey you know because the bears screwed him over thing if they want to play it that way uh on sunday so some concerns i have going into this uh game even though it should be a walk in the park based on how they played the majority uh, of the season but to wrap this up uh you know the the bears were able to close the deal 
Uh, like I said, it, it took much, much longer than it should have considering how well the Bears played uh, on Sunday. A- another, you know, dominating performance as much like the one they had against uh, Atlanta in the Georgia Dome, uh, that you know, sacking Teddy Bridgewater, getting after him, shutting down the run, only 10 first downs allowed and 10 offensive drives. Only, you know, the defense is only out on the field for 21 minutes uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know, they, they did an outstanding job. You know, they that's what they did. Uh, you know, some guys that we've been missing or have been waiting to do some stuff finally showed up uh, in this uh, in this football game uh, and performed fairly well. So it was nice to see, like I said, would have either the the field goal or, you know, just scoring it all in that one drive at the end of, in the third quarter uh, would have made things so much easier uh, than they were. But hindsight being 2020, uh, the Bears come away with the victory anyway. Uh, have a chance to go uh, two in a row before we head into that tough game on Thanksgiving Day against the Lions. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, a positive thing. We finally broke the losing streak, and we won a game that we should have won. So that's uh, the other positive thing that the Bears were supposed to win going into it, and they did. And it was, and they, and it, the game played out that way. They were better than the Vikings going into the game, despite their records. They went in there and they. They beat up on an inferior team, which is what you're supposed to do, uh, especially when you're at home. So the Bears win it, move to four and six. Like I said, head into this game with the Buccaneers. Hopefully they're not looking ahead, especially with the short break. You know, they're playing again on Thursday on Thanksgiving Day with the uh, with the Lions, which is going to make some make things interesting for us, uh, as in you and me, the my, myself and my listeners uh, I think that I might actually just do the review show on Sunday after the game. So basically, we might have a whole knee-jerk reaction show uh, on Sunday to get ready for, uh, you know, so that I'll do the preview uh, on Wednesday uh, before the uh, before the Thanksgiving game takes place at 1130 uh, on, on Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, uh, basically. So anyway, that's going to do it for the Bears and Vikings uh, review segment. Let's go on and uh, close this thing out with everyone's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear Up, Bear Down for the Week 11 review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and uh, we've got some obvious names on the Bear Up list and some interesting ones on the Bear Down list. Let's go with the more interesting ones, the Bear Down list. Bear Down to Robbie Gold, uh, missing the field goal in the first quarter. Like I said, it was just the football gods paying us back a little karma for getting away with uh, you know not having that fumble taken away from us uh, upon further review those three points actually would have helped us tremendously because the vikings couldn't do anything on offense and would have made things so much easier for us as we go down the road the bears would have had 24 to 13 going into that last drive for the vikings wouldn't have been anywhere near as interesting as things were uh you know i mean it just you just kind of had this lump in the back of your throat because the vikings were you know throwing the ball and moving it down the field on that last drive just needing a touchdown to tie the thing uh, you know, or for a chance to tie it, for a, a, a touchdown and an, a two-point conversion would have tied it for them. Uh, and here they are. They were moving the football, seemingly thinking, looking like they were going to make it happen 
wouldn't have been an issue if Robbie doesn't miss that field goal. So I know it's not the easiest thing in the world to kick in Soldier Field in winter, but you're the su- most successful kicker in the history of the franchise. Should be able to put that together for us. Uh, bear down to the punt return team. A 49-yard fake punt put the Vikings in position to score their only touchdown of the football game. There's only so much that your defense can do when you've got them backed up inside their own five-yard line. One play, one touchdown for the Vikings. They go up 10-0. Usually that's a you know a dire situation for our football team, no pun intended. But um, you know we were able to overcome it despite your poor tackling. And, you know, it looked like, you know, our defenders, they're trying to run out there and tackle him like they were running across his face in ways that basically were opening, opening the lane for him to further get downfield. And the only reason he didn't score was because he tripped over his own feet. He fell down. He didn't get tackled. He fell down. And then we kind of, you know, tagged him down when he fell. That's what happened. He did not get tackled by anyone. He fell. That's how he doesn't score on that particular play. And then finally, bear down to to Mark Tressman, the call on fourth and goal. Like I said, hindsight being twenty twenty, but uh, you know I said before we snapped the ball to take the points because of the way the Bears were dominating on defense and how poorly Minnesota was playing on offense. Being up seventeen to ten, basically the game is over at this point. The Vikings aren't going to score a touchdown today, not with the way that they've been playing for the last two quarters with the way our defense is playing and so on, we take those points. Just take the points. Nope, don't want to take the points. And then calls the play that he calls, a quarterback sweep, an empty backfield, a quarterback sweep to the left. And, you know, Jermon Bushrod can't seal off his defender uh, as they're sweeping it out there. He's the one that ends up making the tackle and stopping Jay Short of the goal line. So the Bears come away with nothing after this impressive uh, drive, moving the football, getting it down inside the one, uh, and so on. The Bears come away with nothing, and it almost ended up you know, costing us big at the end of the football game. So, you know, it was a bad call. It compounded by a worse play call that, you know, forced us to, to walk away with nothing. Uh, in that situation so those are the bear downs uh, for this week bear up Matt Forte how could he not you know over 100 yards uh, rushing for Matt 117 yards on 26 carries a 4.5 yard uh, average on the day no touchdowns uh, for Matt Uh, also had uh, six catches for 58 yards so 117 175 yards uh, on uh, 32 touches uh, for Matt Forte, which is, that sounds right. That's that's the kind of output uh, or input, output, whatever you want to say, that uh, you know Forte should have in the football game. He should be touching the ball, whether it be running the football or catching it out of the backfield 30-plus times uh, a game because he's the one consistent performer we've had on offense. So whether Jay's had a bad day or Brandon Marshall's had two catches for six yards or you know whatever it's been, Matt Forte's been the guy out of the backfield catching the ball, running the ball that's been able to put out a consistent output for us. We don't use him enough, you know, or not consistently uh, anyway. And he had an outstanding game on Sunday, 175 yards total offense. Uh, you know, touching the uh, football, although he did not get a chance to get in to the end zone. I uh, also want to bear up to Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall. 
the two of them together, uh, 18 catches for 225 yards, three touchdowns between the two of them. Marshall with seven catches, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. Jeffrey, 11 catches, 135 yards, and one uh, touchdown uh, on the day. They look like they're, they're old dominating selves, you know, were able to – uh, use their their bodies, the the size that they have, position them. Jay Cutler putting it up where only they can get it, and like they do, coming down with it uh, at the same time. So uh, a very good uh, game. Very nice to see them back to their their old tricks, uh, if you will. Hopefully, it's something we can continue uh, going forward uh, for the remainder of the season. So bear up to Jeffrey and Marshall, who for the first time in a long time looked like the best receiving tandem. Uh, in the NFL so it's not something we've really been able to claim uh, throughout the season this year because they haven't had that game where they both dominated uh, at the same time you know the San Francisco game Brandon Marshall was awesome against San Francisco especially in the fourth quarter uh, Alshon Jeffrey had a good night against the Jets you know that kind of thing kind of you know one day it's here one day it's there and then those days you know, the Atlanta game was the last time that they both had outstanding football games over 100 yards. And here we were only uh, Brandon Marshall, 10 yards short of 100, uh, you know, to put them both over the uh, century mark. But they both had touchdowns. They both look awesome uh, on uh, Sunday. Uh, over on the defensive side, bear up to Jared Allen, uh, who only had the one sack in the football game, but was uh, constant pressure. And he was a constant presence uh, on defense on Sunday, which was nice to see. That's what we signed the guy to do, and he finally showed up. Now I don't know if it was just motivation going up against the team uh, that he used that he played for for the last six years or so, but uh, you know it was enough. He did the job, and uh, you know one of the young elite rookie. Uh, you know, well he's not a rookie, but one of the younger elite uh, tackles uh, in the league. He had his way with Matt Khalil throughout the entire football game. Like I said, he had somewhat of an advantage. He's faced him quite a bit in practice and so on over the last couple of years so he knows how to play against the kid and he showed it uh, on Sunday he really got after Matt Khalil was able to get the sack on Bridgewater and get his first victory in nine tries as a Viking and a Bear his first game in nine tries that he was able to come away with a victory uh, at Soldier Field uh, speaking of getting to Bridgewater uh, bear up to Willie Young Got another sack, adding to his total for the year. And then I just I was just going to give him a bear up just for the ice fishing uh, sack celebration, which went, I thought was pretty good. That was uh, inventive and uh, original, if you will. But uh, to, uh, you know, to, to seal that off and, and to get the uh, ice, ice fishing sack dance was pretty cool. So bear up to Willie Young uh, for stepping up and, and being there when the Bears needed him on Sunday. Uh, and then finally on the defensive side, Lance Briggs. Bear up to Lance Briggs, who looked like Lance Briggs on Sunday. It was nice to see for a change. Lance being there to, uh, you know, being the first guy there, making a tackle, you know, doing what Lance Briggs does, you know, uh, being that weak side uh, linebacker that basically comes from the backside and, and clears things out. And that's what he did uh, on Sunday, was even there to bat down a few balls and things like that. Uh, you know, a very good showing for Lance. It was nice to see. And, I, you know, you guys know I've been one of his biggest critics with things that he's been saying off the field, especially last week uh, with the whole, uh, yeah, you know what, this probably is my last game as a Bear against Green Bay. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, so, you know, anyway, we won't rehash that. But, you know, bear up to Lance Briggs for the way he played on Sunday. He did an outstanding job. And then finally, 
despite his two interceptions, and I only do this because those interceptions didn't really hurt us at all, uh, bear up to Jay Cutler uh, on Sunday. Throwing the football for us, 31-43, so a fairly efficient day, 330 yards and three touchdowns, was not sacked once uh, in that football game. Uh, the, outs- the offensive line was pretty good, but also Jade moved fairly well in the pocket to avoid uh, those situations, was able to help put us in a position to keep the ball moving. And like I said, 31-43, a fairly efficient day with the 330 yards, the three big touchdown plays. Uh, you know, all three touchdown passes were very good throws on the part of Jay. The 27-yard throw to Alshon, he put it right in the right spot. Uh, the 44-yarder with Brandon put it up there so Brandon could go get it. Same thing with the shorter one. I think it was only six or seven yards for the one in the fourth quarter. Put it up where only Brandon could jump up and go get it. And, uh, you know, so great ball placement from Jay on that one. So go ahead and give him the bear up for the three touchdowns and the 330 yards uh, passing because it's actually a very rare thing that Jay throws for throw over 300 yards and the Bears win. Jay's been, as far as our victories, he's been more of the, you know, 20 of 28 for 250-yard days. Those are the days that we win when Jay throws for big yardage and gets in the 300s. That's when the Bears tend to be losing football games. So goes against it, the Bears win, and uh, we're all happy. So there you have it. There's Bear Up and Bear Down, and that's going to do it for the Week 11 Review episode of the Chicago Bears review. We'll be back on Thursday with the preview of the Bears and the Buccaneers, week number 12. And as I've talked about in the past, our last Sunday game until we play Detroit at home on December 21st or something like that because we have the Thanksgiving game, then we follow that up with another Thursday game against Dallas, then follow that up with an 11-day break, and then we play the Saints on Monday Night Football. It's going to be a month before we play a, a noon game on Sunday, uh, you know, after we play Lovey and the Buccaneers this Sunday. So I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. We'll see how it all goes, uh, you know, being able to play on Thursdays and all that kind of stuff and, and, and all that. But uh, – it's going to be an interesting stretch, that's for sure, because the Bears have some interesting matchups uh, coming up. We're still in control of our own destiny here, 4-6. and six. We're not completely out of it yet, but it's going to be a long road to hoe, and we've got some tough opponents ahead. So we'll be back on Thursday with the preview of Week 12 in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So until then, my name is Larry D., and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 